2: Donnell Moose left it the shot! Oh, oh, yeah, he's going to shake away. He's going away.
0: Oh, we got a tank. We got the tank going.
2: <laughs> the tank is out.
0: It's happening, everybody. <laughs> Pat hey. and Jason running the show tonight. Eddie taking a break and forgetting to mute his mic as he ran the audio there. So we got a double <laughs> intro going on, which is pretty tight.
2: I, I was wondering why I could hear it. And then like halfway through, I stopped hearing it. And I'm like, I hope that's all right. So good. It's all good, though.
0: Uh yep. Well, everyone, thank you for joining the Tankathon special show. This is exactly the way. um, If you're going to lose and you're the Anaheim Ducks, this is how you do it. They lose the St. Louis Blues in exciting fashion. They played pretty well against a team that's been hot, but they lose 5-4 in literally 13 seconds in the third period with under two minutes to go. So, exciting, fun, Mm -hmm. had a little bit of everything. Um, We thought there was going to be some gloves dropped. Didn't quite happen, but... uh, Overall, man, a good night.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess uh, if you're going to go to a free game and uh, you're going to watch the Ducks lose, might as well be the way they did it today, like you said. So, <laughs> yay.
0: No, we had a good time, though. We got to uh, got to meet up with a bunch of buddies. Got to run into uh, some of our listeners. And then, uh, you know, people from uh, Anaheim Calling ran into Jake. So, got mm-hmm. to meet up with people at Noble, with Jimmy and Keith and Chad. And uh,
2: Ch- Chad did. Chad did? It- did, yeah, his got duties. Chad Chad did.
0: <laughs> I know I told him I was going to chirp him tonight because he was secretly <laughs> rooting for St. Louis. Whenever St. Louis scored, he did one of these. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you can't you can't do that. You can't openly be okay with like yeah. rooting against the Ducks at the arena. But, yeah, uh, well,
2: I mean, all of those Ducks fans that were there totally saw him do it. Ah, that wasn't, it wasn't that empty. But uh <laughs> Ducks come up
0: shorthanded tonight, lose five to four. But hey, they're scoring goals, and you know what? To be positive, and I know that's not my forte when we've been talking about Anaheim this season, but uh, the Mm -hmm. kids look all right, man. The kids look good. Troy Terry killing it tonight. Three assists, two primary helpers, had a beautiful feed over to Raquel on the one-timer on the power play. Max Jones continues to look like he's about ready just to explode and light it up, but just can't (laughs) find the back of the net to save his life.
2: Oh, uh, he wants to—he wants to blow up every stick that he shoots with. It's Did you just see not that play? Yeah, he was like,
1: like oh, "I'm going to I'm break this
2: it. thing right now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once again, it's—it's it's kind of the same thing. Is just—they're—they're uh, doing good. They're—they're they're getting their chances. Terry's kind of uh, helping cash in, and uh, Max Jones is just—just that—he just, just, that, just got to get that one goal. Once that happens, I, I see a whole lot of uh, more goals going in after that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's he's got to get away from Ryan Kessler unfortunately eventually he's got to you know he's got to be able to get a better center and that, and that, and, I, and that's tough Ryan Kessler I talked a lot about him last night with Eddie on the other show and it's like as much as I've been hard on him this year dude's a beast he's a warrior played a thousand games it hasn't been easy for him at, by any stretch of the means um it's just he's at that point in his career where his body's failed him you know it's not that he doesn't want to be a great hockey player but the effort in his body's just not there so if, uh, if if we could get Jones on another line, I don't know, maybe with like a Getzloff or maybe with Henrik again, and then we maybe yeah. see Jones break through. But he's still creating chances
2: away from those guys,
0: which is always a good sign.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, like I said, I mean, if you're getting the chances and you're looking for goal scoring, you just want chances. Um, if you get as many as he's getting night in and night out, eventually they almost by accident will have to go in. The problem is, the longer it goes, the more it becomes a thing, and uh, it's a thing <laughs> already at this point. So let's let's get rid of that thing. <laughs> Just start scoring some goals; that'd be helpful. <laughs> so you got Gibby back in net tonight.
0: Um, kind of a uh, a human start for him. He wasn't his normal superstar self. Uh, he's he's uh, he's kind of wanted to take a break from wearing the cape, I guess. All season, he wanted to pass yeah. that that baton along to uh, guys like Troy Terry, but. The forward lines the way they stacked up tonight, uh, Kevin Waugh, Ryan Getzloff, Corey Perry, Ricard Raquel, Sam Steele, Jacob Silverberg, Richie, Henrique Terry, Jones, Kessler Rowney. So you got a little bit of Youngin' mixed in between all those lines, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. You got a, you got a goals player on every line. So that's a look <laughs> we weren't really sure we were gonna see going into this
2: season. So um, yeah.
0: and then you got quite at, Jacob-
2: at this point, why not? <laughs> I mean, just uh, figure out where who's going to work, who might work as far as the pairing goes uh, next season, because like I said, I mean, there was there was no way going into this. Um, they if they, even if they won 15 in a row prior to this, they would end the season with 91 points, last team to have 91 points to get in a playoff spot was back in 2000 uh, for 13, 14 um when they first started this kind of format so uh it's a it's a long time and i I don't think you're you're gonna do that even if you go 15 and 0 someone's gonna be ahead of you still so now they're 89 points out uh i'd have to do some digging when the last time an 89 point team actually made it to the playoffs so for all intents and purposes they are completely gone and uh, you can go away with the wishful thinking on the uh the playoff picture
0: yeah, and like I said, man, I'm always part of Team Tank at this point, right? We're probably going to hit sub 80 points. Like, what's the point of trying to squeak in? I mean, I know these guys aren't playing to lose. I can't imagine people that are playing at this level are like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna call it in.
2: Like, who cares? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's the same thing as like, yeah, as a fan, it's like you know, it's probably better if you tank enough and get that chance at a really high draft pick, but. At the, the same time, it's it, for me, it, it doesn't matter one way or the other. They're, they're, they're going to lose a certain amount of games. Where they finish is where they finish. And, um, you know, I don't want to see them call it in. Uh, otherwise, it's not worth my time to cover them or watch them. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that losing streak <laughs> was so out? much fun for you,
2: wasn't it? Um, uh, it, was, it was a blast the whole season.
0: <laughs> the whole season's been a tough one. But mm-hmm. we got the positives going now. We got these kids coming up that are trying to find their way into the NHL. and. It's, there's really no better time to do it than now. Like, why not get these guys, like you just said, get them up. What's gonna what's it going to hurt? Get them here. Let's see what they can do. Uh, it's kind of like a show-me right now, right? I mean, yeah. you see guys like Jones that are just absolutely putting in all the hustle. Terry putting in the hustle. Um, it's nice to see Steele getting involved in the play. He got an assist tonight, which was good. He got the helper on Megna's goal, getting his first NHL career goal. So it's, it's it's nice to see these guys kind of fit in before training camp and summer comes around. So they got got a few more games here before. I would think Bobby's going to be nice enough to send them to the goals so that goals team has a nice playoff run. But uh,
2: Yeah, it makes sense to kind of keep them up now. Like you said, there's not much to play to, to win, so there's not a whole lot of pressure for them not to necessarily produce. Just play your game, and it's almost going to, as the season kind of goes here, The other teams coming in that are maybe still fighting for playoff positioning or just to get into the playoffs, there's going to be an amped up feeling and almost like a playoff type game. So that's a good way to kind of get them on there without having too much pressure of actually being in the playoffs at the NHL level. And then they're kind of ready for when it's time for the AHL playoffs to kind of transition out there. So, you know, let them play, let them get those that time in there and uh, play against the big boys and then go back down there and see what you can do for the playoffs. Kind of All makes right. sense. Well, let's
0: talk about the game. We got to get into that mm-hmm. now. Um, yep. It was uh, it started off on the right foot. Nick Ritchie getting one from coming around from the side of the net, and he was so it. alone. <laughs> and what was Bennington doing on that play? Right, he was deep, and he kind of didn't know what to do. Richie walks out in front and is able to pick it far side. I mean, you figured he was going to drop and push off the post and never did. And uh, Richie's able to put one home there. So Richie, Richie missed a few games with injury, comes back in pots and pots a goal. Good for him, man. It's nice to see him get on the board.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't blame Bennington too much because Richie had a ton of room and time. Usually coming out from there, um, I wouldn't think that a goalie would be expecting him to be able to go all the way around him. And shoot off the far side. Usually, that's a quick play right at the feet, or trying to you know slam at five hole or something like that. Not going around. And there really wasn't anyone near Richie even after he shot it. I mean, I don't think he got bumped into lap after the puck it, it crossed the line. So there was a little bit too much room for Richie, but he took it and he he seemed to have the plan of what he wanted to do and just took it to the front. A boss move, and uh, you know, just, <laughs> just kind of bully his way to the front. But there was no like, one to stop just him. I'm going to go here, and uh, <laughs> no one's going to stop me. I'm just going to make this happen. So it was a nice goal. Good to see Richie get uh, on the board with uh, a power move.
0: And that was probably the the only highlight for the Ducks essentially for in that first, first period. Yeah. It, that was a tough mm-hmm. first period for them after that goal. Um, they they kind of never recovered in that period. The Blues started to take over. The Ducks were hemmed in their zone quite a bit. And they would give up two goals in the in the first period before they would close it out and be down two to one. And it would come on the on the stick of Braden Shin on the power play would be the first one there. I mean, it's what are you gonna do if you're John Gibson, I guess, right? These power plays, like you you would like to go out and, and try to say that it's not Gibby's fault in the power play. But um, I would like to say you kinda have to be a little critical of Gibson in this game, and I would more or less kinda lean on the third one by Robert Thomas. But um, when we were at the game watching this play, it was kind of a, like the Blues were able to get set up. It just swung around the point, and it was a long shot through traffic. So this one's kind of a toughie for Gibby to see coming through. But uh, either way, the Blues were able to tie it up on a, on a penalty, actually, on Jacob megna Yeah, um, I, uh,
2: it's, it's difficult. The, the way St. Louis played, the, the whole first period for the Ducks uh, was definitely lackluster. Um, they, they seemed to be behind a step, even five on five. You know, their new style is to to play that, you know, in tight, let the play outside happen. But it seemed like the Blues were able to kind of move things around, kind of pick things apart. And especially on that power play, they were making good passes all the way around. Whatever the Ducks were starting to do uh, defensively on the penalty kill was definitely being broken down. Uh, But there's a lot of side movement. You do that for a goalie, it's going to be kind of tiresome uh to go back and forth try and get set try and down up moving and you do that long enough for an extended period of time especially on the power play when there's that extra man always lurking around somewhere um they uh, eventually start going and you, you'd hope the goalie can bail you out on it but the penalty kill did not look strong and uh they didn't really learn their lesson because they, they ended up taking quite a few penalties uh, in the beginning part of that and um uh, their front net presence, man. I mean that that was really evident to me on the power play is they they had a big body, whether it was Maroon or whoever else was in front, was really just kind of taking the eyes away, even not necessarily on shots, just passes. Sometimes you lose those passes with big bodies in front.
0: Yeah, and then the second one was one where the ducks completely backed off like Holzer had O'Reilly along the wall. O'Reilly was able to come off the wall, walk all the way to the center at the top of the circle, and then absolutely blow it by. Or as so I, I, I've been calling it, like buzz the tower, right? Like going right <laughs> by Gibby's head. It was like it was a snipe, though. It was top shelf, and they had and they had Shin in front of them That one I can't fault Gibson on whatsoever. I mean, what are you going to do there? And all of a sudden now it's a two-one game for St. Louis.
2: Yeah, and. Uh, it- like I said, uh, you know, it's back-to-back games. Uh, they're a little slow out of the gate. Sometimes that happens. Uh, but it was evident that St. Louis is a more rested team. I think this is the Ducks' third game in four nights. Uh, but St. Louis is is playing great hockey. They're, you know, just uh, a few weeks uh, past their 11-game winning streak. So, uh, this is a team that's, you know, propelled themselves into a playoff spot, probably a division spot, but they still got to get these types of wins. And uh, they definitely showed up and looked like they were they were clicking really well.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I actually want to go back and I looked at that that second, the uh, the first goal by St. Louis and it was actually, was th- yeah, they're saying it was deflected by by Braden Shin out of midair. So I apologize. Yeah. John Gibson, apologize. For yeah, that. no,
2: he was he was very average.
1: <laughs> very I mean,
0: average. I would say on the third one is the one I didn't yeah. like by him. Uh, Thomas yeah, no. was able to to squeak that one through the arm and the body, and that's that's it is what it is. Your goalies going to give that up, but I think the penalty kill, like you said, was pretty soft for the most part. Uh, but that doesn't help your goaltending situation whatsoever. But then the Ducks would forge a comeback and. Ooh. I mean, it was. It just seemed like all of a sudden, there's life in this team that came out of nowhere, right? Um, I, I didn't expect more, it after I, being down three-one.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think there was a, a moment that it kind of happened towards uh, um, in there where uh, I think it was uh, towards the end of the, but no, it was uh, in the second or close to the end of the second. Uh, where Corey Perry got dumped in front of the net, and they ended up getting uh, a power play opportunity. But we kind of saw it because it was on our end where him and uh, Bennington, the goalie, um, they were kind of going at it, you know, um, definitely getting in there. Bennington, uh, you know, actually kept skating and following Perry almost to the to the side boards, and the refs had to hold Perry back, uh, and no one was really holding uh, Bennington back. So after that, you know, that was late in the second. The Ducks get uh, a couple more and actually look good to go.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about the goal from Ricard raquel man that was I oh, was finally. such a pretty play and he finally is able to yeah. crack it right because I think that was his tenth goal of the season finally able to get yeah. to double digits after he got his his, uh, his goal taken away because it ended up going off Henrique or something like that right.
2: Two goals taken away in the last game. <laughs> one where it looked like he got it, but it was tipped by Henrique. It was Henrique's goal. And then the other one, Henrique misses an empty net, hits the post, ends up getting back to Getzloff, who gets it to Raquel, who buries it. And then it turns out Henrique is offside. So twice Henrique spoiled uh, Raquel's goal. But this one, uh, can't take it away. It was a beautiful setup um, for uh, Troy Terry straight to Raquel. The cross-eyes uh,
0: through players, perfect. through sticks, and then Raquel that made no, just off the knee right in the in the ov spot in the ov spot
2: able to bury it yeah two good things about that that happened was uh troy terry he had a little head fake right before he made that pass like it was still going to be a shot so he had a head fake that kind of freezes everything for a second and then makes a hard pass to raquel so the head fakes one second thing is raquel didn't wait just buried it didn't didn't, even if it wasn't you know a perfect home run in, in your wheelhouse just get it to the net. The quicker you can get it to the net, the less time everyone has to try and get over or try and get set. So it was uh, two good things happened, but that, that that fake, that head fake by Terry really kind of froze Bennington and a lot of the uh, penalty killers on St. Louis.
0: Just a, a much more confident Troy Terry, right? This stint with, with Anaheim, Anaheim than last. It's just a, what a difference. I remember seeing him at the end of last season and we were kind of like oh, i don't know man like all this talk about this kid <laughs> yeah. and then we saw in the beginning of this season again under carlisle we were just kind of underwhelmed we We're like well i don't know what's yeah. wrong with this guy all this all this talk about how good he is and then we saw you and i saw how great he was at training camp when we went and watched yeah. and then to see him come out now after he got we've talked about it before he goes down to san diego dallas eakins is kind of like the the good guy coach right he's just like mm-hmm. i'm not gonna bench yeah. you go screw up and yeah. do whatever You're just going to play hockey yeah. So he got to play hockey And now look at the guy man He's he's killing it right now He was killing it with the goals He went on that crazy hot streak Earlier this season Now he gets called up to Anaheim And he's finding the back of the net Or assisting in his way To the back of the net there That seems on a much more Consistent basis So I think it's just yeah. a great sign For the Ducks
2: yeah. So if he could just kind of rub off a little bit on Max Jones, just a little bit, just a tiny, tiny just, smidge, just, just, just say, I don't maybe give him a little nudge to get that goal scoring going and, uh, we'll all be a lot happier, but Troy Terry is definitely a, a different player. And he's been doing it. Uh, I'm glad he's just doing it consistently because a lot of times goal scoring can be streaky and your play can be streaky. His play hasn't, in my opinion, really led up in any fashion. Every, every game he's noticeable, um, and now the pucks are starting to kind of go in into net, or he's uh, facilitating those those goals.
0: And now we got to talk about the biggest goal of the night, of course, goes to Jacob Magna getting his first NHL yeah. goal Yay. of his career, which is cool. It all started out with a great play through the neutral zone. Uh, puck goes up to Steele. Steele tips the puck to Silverberg. Silverberg's able to bring it in across the line. And he ends up finding Steele again along the wall. And then Steele's able to find Magna up all alone at the point with just a just a ripper of a shot man goes high blocker side on bennington who had no chance in hell of stopping that and that's all she wrote and we got a tie game
2: yeah that was a good one uh magna and holzer uh both coming off of the bench they had been changed behind the play so that kind of set up down low and then back up high he comes right across the blue line and the blues uh didn't quite pick him up quick enough and uh that was a great time to go ahead and shoot i've been really impressed with the way uh, Magna and Holzer have played as a third-line pairing. I mean, you you have kind of those other guys that have all been playing really well, too. But uh, in the last few games, I've I've been happy with them as not a third-line. Not the greatest, not but the for greatest. a third I'm pair. Saying, I'm not saying they're 1-2 or they're 3-4, but for 5-6, uh, I like the way that they're playing. Uh, if Holzer could actually get that hit check working. Oh, my God, two, dude. I think I watched him play two misses. hits. <laughs> Can oh, get that two down. Hits. It would be very nice. It, it would uh, uh, harken back to the old number five uh, Vishnevsky, and see if he can start getting some real good hip checks going. But maybe uh, at Maybe you might
0: want to connect on those a little bit. Just a maybe bit. Maybe maybe want to check those ones better. out just for a second <laughs> and connect on that. Yeah. Uh, and then we got to get to the fourth goal, the the Henrico on one. That I mean, my God, Bennington! I don't know what the hell he was doing there. <laughs> a point shot comes in, and he does the most like asinine thing possible, right? He like leans down to scoop the puck, scoops the puck and like just goes up. And so next thing you know, he's in the top of his crease. Puck falls like five feet out he reaches out to go to grab it. Now he's way out of his crease and there's a mad scramble. There's three ducks in front of the net and he's like searching for the puck and somehow Henrik gets it like in his feet and then shoots the puck and it goes through a St. Louis defender who was trying to play – uh, you know, Bennington's position at that goalie, point goes yeah. through his legs <laughs> and into the back of the net. And Henrique's getting on the board his 14th of the season. Just, I mean, all the time in the world there and is able to find it like, in the most difficult way possible to bury it, but he
2: does. <laughs> yeah, well, I just don't understand why the St. Louis defenseman couldn't play goalie right. All I've ever heard from people who don't play goalie is all you have to do is drop, and that's all goalies do. So. Oh, yeah, I, it's all, I mean, I, still, I, don't, I, don't stand I still stand by that. I still stand
0: by that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah that, that, that's a weird one um and you know by the time that thing goes in the net uh, bennington is, is nowhere to be seen <laughs> he's just so out of it so uh, we'll take it especially uh coming back down three uh, one and looking like we could easily be out of this game go figure uh we score a couple uh later in the second get one kind of early in the third and uh, we we look like hey we turn this thing around it's uh, a different ducks team
0: it looked like Bennington lost his soul after that went in too, because know, not like... only did it go in, but he lost his stick in the fra- like all the fracas. So he's like his sticks behind him, and he's like curled up in the fetal position, head down, looking uh, at the they're ice. Like, they're like, "Damn it!" And Gordon Bombay in chat says like, "I'm waiting for Jason to tell us why that wasn't Bennington's fault."
2: <laughs> well, I wouldn't have made that mistake. Oh,
0: see, I mean there's, yeah, there's I mean, there's there's some that's...
2: goaltending experience speaking right now. Yeah, see, I, I, I how I would have done it is that initial like curl up thing that he was going to catch. I would have just let it in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to gonna, worry
2: about ah, uh, whatever. made of scrambling around, losing your stick. That's embarrassing, losing your stick. <laughs> yeah, why would I ever want to do that? <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. I just wouldn't put myself in that position. Just let him score. I'd be like <laughs> Goldberg early on in the Mighty Ducks movies when he doesn't want to get in the way of everything. Or just like, duck just go, and move shoot, out of the way. Shoot, I feel like that's what Gibby started to do after a while. Felt like he was playing with District Five. Just shoot, go ahead. I don't care anymore.
0: Oh, when the Ducks were really, really tanking hard and yeah. under Carlisle, yeah, before <laughs> before Bobby came in and made everyone happy. Um, yeah, Bombay also says, uh, do we think Megna is going to, you know, basically grow, or is what we see what we get from him we grow as a player? Obviously, the guy's a giant. He's like six six. So <laughs> I mean, assuming is he going to be more than a third line pair? Or do you think that's really kind of his ceiling?
2: Um, it's going to be hard, I would think, for him to crack anything other than a five-six for the Ducks, just because you have a Manson and a Lindholm. Um, so unless they're thinking about getting rid of Manson, or Manson has a real, you know, reduction in his play, then you've got Fowler, and I mean, uh, Gooley looks good as his you know if he's not injured uh magna i don't feel fits into Fowler's spot so i think in that instance those guys are going to pretty much be your top four so five or six is really the only room he's got for this team uh but there's going to be some younger players that are going to kind of come in as well uh that could probably take his spot holes or might be the odd man out so i think we might still see a lot of Megna, but um I don't think he's really going to crack the top four at all. And he might have to fight for five, six. There's just, there, we'll probably have better skaters. Uh, But I mean, he's a big body. So that's, that's kind of what he's got going for him. So as long as he stays big, (laughs) I think, I think there's at least a spot potentially for him, but uh, he's not cracking that top four. Yeah.
0: And you know, he's, uh, he's kind of somebody we're going to talk about here in a minute about making a suspect play on the game one and goal, but let's get to the fourth goal. Uh, for the Blues, I tied it up. The Blues had, I think essentially, they, it was five on five. They hadn't even pulled their goalie yet to go to tie the game yep. with under two minutes to go. Puck goes through everybody. Ducks do in that hole where they make the little umbrella, and they just stand with their sticks out. Right? They're trying mm-hmm. to defend a zone area rather than playing man-on-man. Man. Puck finds its way through. Off the wall. Hops off the wall. The little bounce right to the stick of Robert Thomas is able to bank it in right off. Uh, like basically, Giddy was almost there too, but he's able to get yeah. in right off the goal line and then to make it four four. That's that's a tough one to give up with a minute and four seconds left.
2: Well, I think they had been they had been shorthanded, and then that that power play ended. But then they ended up scoring anyways. They had a pulled goalie, so they still had kind of a mad advantage, but not a power play. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, once again. Taking a penalty that late on a team that's desperate for points and wants to try and get in there, that's not something you want to keep doing. I mean, to that point after the Henrique goal, um, first, you know, that happened around the five minute mark into the third period, all the way to about five minutes left in the third period. Uh, St. Louis had maybe about two, maybe three shots up to that point, you know, in response to Henrique's, you know, go ahead goal. So that the ducks had been doing enough to keep them at bay, but you always kind of felt that eventually there'd be a push. You take a penalty; that's not going to help your cause, and especially as well as that power play was doing tonight, they were feeling it. There's a lot of confidence there, so kind of get a lucky bounce, unfortunately, but uh, they, they kind of shoot themselves in the foot a little bit uh, playing with uh, fire like that.
0: It's just it's a tough one to give up, and honestly, it's like. The goal that that tying goal, so you have you have your Lindholm line out there for that one, and mm-hmm. so you kind of have to give those guys a break, and that's mm-hmm. what was what put the Ducks in a, in a tough position there because over the boards on defense you have Jacob Megna is able to come out and play towards the end of this, and he takes the puck off the half wall on a play that gets dumped in and just throws it up off the corner on a play where he's able to get to it. Yes, he's being pressured, but as a defenseman, you are always told, and I i mean, obviously I'm not a pro, but just from what I've been told, and I've seen initial players do way mm-hmm. a thousand times better than me, mm-hmm. you don't take the puck on your backhand and wrap it up the boards. He had a clear path behind the net. Instead, he dumps it up the, up the wall and goes straight to Braden Shin. Shin, what's he do? Finds Pareko on the far side of the point all alone. Pareko with a hell of a play thinking he's going to do the slap pass and go right back to Shen. Poor Henrik. <laughs> Has the <laughs> goal ahead right. goal. The Blues tie it up. And then he's in front of the net. It goes off his stick and into the back of the net. by, Or off his skate, rather. Into the back of the net behind Gibby. And that's all she wrote with 51 seconds right. left. The Blues
2: take a 5-4 lead. Yeah, you know what I was thinking when that goal went in? Not, not how, how mad I am about the play here or there. It was just like... The only thing I thought it was, of course of course
1: yeah of something, course that, something, of course that something happened. was gonna
2: happen something was gonna be dumb and enough of those dumb things happen in a row and it's it's gonna basically screw us over and of course it did <laughs> it's just it's like just, at some point you're just waiting for it
0: <laughs> it's just so tough and it was petrangelo not perico um but yeah. it, it, either, it doesn't matter either way that's it's just disappointing to see that in that way unless you're me and you like to the take then you're kind of like well, yeah. well it was a fun game yeah and it's like I, it's yeah. like I was trying to explain uh, at the game to Brian, our our friend Brian was with us. And I was like, dude, I hate when the Ducks lose. I'm a huge Ducks fan. I don't love watching the Ducks lose games, but mm. if they're gonna lose and uh. and lose in exciting fashion, at least play well. Like the the streak they went on where they were losing every single game, it became comical at one point mm-hmm. because it's like we just can't can't score, can't skate. Or you know, our goalie's given up because he's tired of getting bombarded night in and night out. What are you going to do? It's just laughable at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, when there's when there's no effort, no structure, it's just a pee-wee team playing against professionals. So it's uh, like that South Park episode where the pee-wee hockey players end up playing against the Detroit Red Wings and get stomped like sixty-two to nothing or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that was the season early on. But now, even in the losses that we have, at least most of them. At, at no point does it look like they're a defeated team. There's always the chance. I mean, they could have been a defeated team down three one on back to back nights playing uh, uh more rested, a a hungrier for the playoff team. And they came back and with the exception of that last, you know, minute and a half of the game, they were winning. I mean, they could have won that. So I mean I never like a loss, even if you know it means a higher draft pick because the playoffs are out of the question. I'm still not one that enjoys that, even for tanking purposes. I don't. Uh, but like you, if you're going to lose, at least show me that you tried. You put in some effort, and it was worth watching. Uh, it was worth putting money down to go see it, or worth my time to watch it. I just don't want to see a purposeful tank and putting in crap players and expecting them to do a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, they're not going to be able to do. So even though a loss a little bit closer to maybe a higher draft pick, at least it wasn't a give up effort. You know, they tried.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I agree with you on that. Bombay even said, too, he's like, hey, seeing Rico slam a stick at the end of that it made him sad because Henrique yeah. was so <laughs> pissed, the game ends. The game's over. There was still 51 seconds left in the game. And the game ends Rico starts skating to the middle of the ice And he's barking at somebody The broadcast, I I couldn't see who he was yelling at He was literally yelling at somebody on the blues It looked like on the other side of the ice Skates straight to the bench And one-handedly tries to snap uh, snap a stick On the bench and it doesn't break He's pissed and just goes goes Right off into the locker
2: room (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Yeah, When when someone that pretty uh, gets upset I just want to hold him and hug him And tell him everything will be okay Everything's going to be know. just
0: fine. It's the, all
2: you'll be fine. You know? it's just, you know. But it's tough for a guy like that who doesn't have looks or lots of money or gets to play hockey. For a bad. living?
0: Yeah, it's a tough life. He yeah. <laughs> didn't just sign a, a ridiculously long deal where he maybe got a little <laughs> too long on the contract <laughs> side of things. Um, yeah. I got to ask you, man. I asked Eddie this yesterday because uh, it's one of his favorite players, if not his favorite player on the current iteration of the Ducks when he was in his prime. Um, me? Yeah, um, of course. But Corey Perry. Yeah, obviously. Second How have you felt that he's looked since he's come back? I thought he had a really good game tonight and just couldn't find the back of the net. Bennington <laughs> absolutely robbed him with a ridiculous glove save. Yeah. And I had, had Perry, like, talk it to himself, looking up. He took his mouthpiece out, skating ultra slow, looking out into the glass, and then looking up at the Jumbotron <laughs> waiting for a replay. They never showed the replay of the yeah. save. He was just, like, staring, like, are you going to show it? But uh just... He's come close, but how do you feel that he's been playing his past 17 games since his return?
2: Uh, a lot like I felt uh, after the first couple of games. Like, uh, he needed the first couple of games to kind of get back to himself. Uh, he does, he's does; he been doing awesome things like around the net, in tight, and that stuff he used to do well, and uh, he, he's really kind of had lost that touch. I'm seeing that again. He doesn't have a problem getting in front of the net. Uh, he doesn't have a problem getting in the goalie's face. Uh, he's getting those chances he's actually making dekes and he's he's beating people one on one which I haven't seen in years from him so uh, he's doing a lot better than I would have an- anticipated him doing I wasn't too confident that coming back you know missing that much time and really kind of coming back from that injury was going to all of a sudden make him a better player but uh, I'm seeing him kind of where he was maybe about three seasons ago uh, before we kind of saw a really steep decline in his play. Uh, the fact that he's he's getting around the net and he doesn't look like he's, you know, really missing a step and he's getting in there and he's engaged. I love it. I'm happy with it. Um, you know, not seven and a half million dollars happy or whatever it is. but um, almost, It's
0: over nine, I think, or just about Is nine. it over nine? It's oh, about definitely. nine. so Eight. Insane, I'm thinking so good, Kessler, I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, you know, it, it's not quite that happy, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm happy that he's the way he is playing. I, I've been impressed because it could have been a real easy way to just have a regression and never come back. I'm interested to see what he can do with the full season and this type of structure or system.
0: I think it's been kind of tough for him too, just a little getting back into the mix of things. Right, he comes into just an absolute, for lack of a better word, shit show of a team in a season where people have kind of just you know given up on their coach and this team has seen so many injuries and there's kind of turmoil as to what's going on. The fan base is upset, yada, yada, yada. You can see all the stuff we've been talking about forever. At the end of the day, you're a professional athlete, you get paid tons of money to come in and play a sport. So you need to perform at the end of the day, right? But we also know Corey Perry's at that stage in his career where we can't just expect the same Corey Perry we saw during the hard season or even a few years after that. So I get it, but I think he's played pretty well. He's gotten some yeah. high-danger chances, like you said, in and around the net. He was ready to take off Bennington's head tonight in the crease. He was pissed. <laughs> I
2: wanted to I see that I love that
0: kind of Corey Perry, the little gritty yeah. sandpaper guy who likes to get under your skin and talk trash. So hopefully we see more of that. He
2: was trying to rip the stick out of his hand, too. It was funny. He was like, give this to me. This belongs to me now. It's just... It was, yeah, it was good to, to see kind of that, that fire in there. I was really hoping that, yeah, he would do something, kind of just, you know, mess around with him, like he used to do with Quick all the time.
0: Oh, he would always take he would always stick off Quick. We were talking about that up there, I was talking with Chad, I'm like, remember when Corey Perry dumped water, I think it was in uh in in Carter's glove, when Carter was Yeah, it was either
2: Carter or Justin Williams? It, one remember. of the two, yeah, he just dumped it. It was water. Carter, I think it
0: was Carter, yeah. <laughs> Carter seems like such a nice guy, Yeah, <laughs> he just always seems like yeah, a nice like... dude, and of course, Perry's like, I'm just going to fill
2: you a little water there, bud. Hope you like yeah. that. Yeah, I still like that one. And then when he skated by uh, uh, seven and took his stick right out of his hand right before he's about to jump on the on the ice. And oh, he's was,
0: sitting on the bench and he just comes right out. Yeah, yeah he's sitting there and, he and then Corey Perry's going for a line change. He
2: just takes the stick right out of his hands and just takes it with him onto the bench. And he's just sitting there going like, what the, what the hell? And then it's like his shift. So now he's got to stop complaining because no one saw it. He's got to try and grab a new stick. And try and jump. It's just funny little agitator things like that is is hilarious to me so you know him sticking his you know nose in there and looking for a fight especially with a goalie that can really kind of throw teams and goalies off and it kind of worked like i said after that the Ducks scored three goals in a span of uh eight nine minutes over uh the end of the second beginning of the third
0: i mean so Corey perry he's only played i just brought up a bunch of his stats he's played 17 games since his return averaging 16 minutes a night and this is not just 5-on-5, five five, it's total. He's averaging 7.7 shots every 60 minutes he plays, right? So right. that's what he's averaging. And around his career average, and he's, this is a small sample size for him this higher. year. Yeah. But he's about 8 the last three seasons, 9 the season before that, and then 10 back in 2013-2014 where we were kind of seeing peak Perry. Um, yeah. And His shooting percentage is going to go up. I mean, he's he's shooting at like a 5% right now. It's just not yeah. happening for him.
2: And it's not happening for a lot of people on the team either. So, like you said, he he got so frustrated. It's just like he's getting grade-A chances. He's doing the right things. And either it's it's a post, it hits something else, or the goalie makes a good save. I mean, a lot of the times the goalies are making really good saves on these guys on their shots. You know, every now and again you have, uh, you know, just a, a misfire. It when it's a glorious opportunity to try and score a goal, but uh, it's it's kind of team wide, so it's kind of just bad puck luck for a long season.
0: <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been tough for them if, oh, totally. Now we got to get to the curious case of Daniel Sprong. Oh. Very interesting what's going on with this kid, right? He gets he gets benched a bunch. Yeah. He comes back. Yeah. He was benched tonight. He missed the entire third period yesterday, so yeah. he's not been playing a lot of hockey even under Bob Murray um do you, have you seen anything in his game that kind of makes you wonder or is it just more of like maybe he's just doesn't he's just, just not fitting in? I don't know i haven't. I've been, I've been trying to key in on what he was doing wrong. I just didn't see it I know he's not bearing his chances but what's your feeling on Daniel Sprong
2: uh, yeah I'm not quite sure because when when I see him he's quick. He creates offensive chances. Uh, there was one game a couple of games ago where where he made a quick power move. and got a, a chance, you know, at the front of the net, but he, he was so quick and beat the defenseman. Once again, I can't remember exactly what game it was, but uh, you know, I saw that and I go, "Oh wow, there, there's some speed. There's some one-on-one skill. And he created a you know a high-danger chance, you know, out of you know, kind of nothing. Um, you know, all on his own. He got in a little too tight on the goalie and kind of ended up uh, not getting a real great chance out of it." Uh, but so, you know, from an offensive standpoint, he, he's kind of exciting, you know, but he doesn't make anything overly bad as far as passes or decisions that I can see um, any more than anybody else does on the team. Or, you know, when the, the team's not quite clicking, I, I can see bad plays from a lot of people, him included, but also others. So I'm confused exactly why they, they kind of get him in, then they kind of take him out, and, you know, and then they bench him for a while. It, you know, this might be a good question for us to ask Bob Murray.
0: Oh yeah, we're having breakfast yeah. with good old Bobby on uh, on Yeah, Saturday, he's going to sit so. down
2: just you and me, uh, an exclusive um forever mighty breakfast with
0: breakfast with Bobby. That's what we'll breakfast call it, with breakfast with Bobby. With Bobby. <laughs> I hope they have um I hope they have bacon in the pancakes. I hope that's a pancake breakfast and they actually crumble up bacon and put it in there. I I'm hoping they do that. I don't I don't want, I want some mimosas. Mimosas? Yeah, we going to yeah, maybe want to do that too. Bottomless, Bottomless mimosas, mimosas are, are goody. Yeah, so hopefully I know, I know Bob listens to the show, so <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to be going to be making sure that things are great here. Um, and I'll make sure I comment on how red his face gets when he's on the ice too. Just to, I'm sure making
2: wait, good wait until he's good. had a few mimosas before you start insulting the dude.
0: Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> Bombay says uh, breakfast with our overlord. So guess. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a supreme overlord breakfast. So let's see
2: here. Well, what do you think about Spraw? What's your, uh, what think I think anything? that he just.
0: There's got to be something with the kid that just doesn't fit in on the team.
2: For him to get benched... I wonder if it's an attitude or something. I don't know.
0: That was a rumor coming out of Pittsburgh about him. And then he came over here and he performed right away. And then Pittsburgh's like, oh, we knew that we lost out. We got this Pedersen guy from the Ducks. And Pedersen's kind of worked out for Pittsburgh. He's played pretty well there in his short time so far. Uh, He's definitely, as far as I know, not getting benched. But uh, but Sprong, I mean... It's kind of tough for him too, man, because these kids that are coming up also have been playing really well. So that also yeah, so might I don't be a thing. It's just there. a matter
2: of him just being outplayed. Like he's not necessarily doing anything really bad, but he's not doing anything above what these other guys are doing. So I know, haven't really seen Kevin Wild do much about how how to play defense as a forward. So I, I really couldn't tell if so like he's he's making like easy mistakes like he's making those mistakes and you know they see it but it's one of those things that maybe I don't see so I don't know
0: Uh, I'm not I'm not 100% sure either on what he is or isn't doing I just know that he's probably not well liked by the coaching staff that he's getting benched and then not playing it's just what (laughs) that's what it seems like to me It
2: could have an attitude problem yeah
0: yeah maybe and then there was also a rumor that has come out or Bob McKenzie had talked about it during the the uh the intermission of with the Ducks um, he came out and said during the intermission. On, I'm trying to think of what channel he came out and said it on, but he comes out and says that uh, Dallas Eakins is the front runner for head coach for next season for the Ducks. So that's right. that's kind of something we've expected, right? I mean, I know we've all been kind of you know kind of hoping for Ricard Gronberg just because you know we had a chance to talk with him, we like his you know his style, everything you read about the guy, and then right. there's always the. Uh, the Swedes in Anaheim that you, we just kind of make that connection mm-hmm. that he's just automatically going to want to come here and that the Ducks are automatically going to want him here. But how, how do you feel about having a players coach back in Anaheim?
2: I think it's great. I think uh, Eakins uh, did his job, everything you wanted him to do um, with uh, the kids down there. Um, since we are kind of doing more of a youth movement anyways, kind of makes sense to get more of one of those player coaches, one that's going to let you make mistakes. Because let's face it, you get to the NHL level, you're going to make mistakes. That's going to happen. So better to have, you know, a coach in there that will allow those mistakes and kind of help you learn from it at a younger age of a player versus a Randy Carlisle type where if you screw up or you try to do anything out of the rigid plan he has – You'll find yourself benched, barked at, you know, however he he handles you uh, is, is going to be the way. And that's not necessarily great for a younger team might work with some older veterans and maybe need a kick in the butt every now and again. But um, I like it. I you know, I, our ideal plan is that we get Ricard Gromberg to play for our uh, to coach the minor league. I'm willing to give Eekins that chance at this uh, you know, this shot at playing at the NHL again, see where we can go from there. And that way we don't lose out on Gromberg, but we also give Ekins that chance that I think he, he deserves.
0: Yeah, I mean, and like we've talked about it before. We ranked our coaches in one of our Patreon shows, like who's gonna be the top, you know, coach to come to Anaheim when all this stuff was going on with Randy yeah. Carlisle and all the mystery of who would, what they were gonna do. But um, he deserves it. He just does. He's been in the system. He got, he got basically dealt the worst hand possible in Edmonton, right? He was a highly regarded coach coming up from their system, gets, just gets handed this garbage team and then fails. We'll go figure, right? And I think yeah. this team has enough of the young tools that are coming up in the system that they should be able to figure things out if they play their cards right in the offseason here, maybe even the following offseason with, with kind of a, a retool. And it's it'll be nice. It's it's a familiar face, and then you go from nice guy Brucey to hard ass Carlisle, back to nice guy Dallas Eakins, and then the best part about it is we're not recycling an old coach from someone else's team in the NHL, right? Which is what everyone does all the time. Yet. Right. I mean, what if they hire the <laughs> what if they hire the planet? They get Ken Hitchcock here, or it's uh, like you get they get Guy Boucher from the Ottawa Senators who just Wilson. got fired.
2: You're like. Oh, yeah, they will probably, no. probably go Ron Wilson, Pierre Paget. Pierre Paget? I'm trying to get to go through all the Ducks coaches in the past. So, that would be the worst uh, thing Hartsburg possible. Craig Hartsburg comes back. No, that's not good either. <laughs> Why would we do such a thing? Yeah, Let's I see wouldn't here. mind the Walrus. I'm fine with the Walrus coming back, maybe. Paul McLean? At least to do something on the power play, because it's been crap ever since he left.
0: Yeah, it hasn't been great. Once you know, as much as was, as much as we would like we to there. say, it just hasn't been good. Yeah. Let me get to. Uh, I think we had only one or two questions. Let's come see. Come on, we got. I know Just not <laughs> lively tonight.
2: No one's gonna be after that loss. So
0: that was a tough one, man. It's a toothy. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh man, I you would agree with this. It was more. Darren chimed in on our Instagram. He said, uh, "He said tanking or not, that was a tough watch there at the end to to blow it the last twelve seconds. That uh, I could see that. I could see if you're if yeah. you if, if you spend that money go to the game, the Ducks give you all those high hopes up here. We've been there, right. and it's kind of like yes, and then it doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then my, like I had my first thought was like, of course." Of course, it's going to happen that way.
0: Oh, well, let's see. Chris Smith just chimed in on on uh, on our text. He said that Sprong is actually hurt, so maybe I maybe I misread, right? And maybe there, there you is go. A Start starting
2: him. all this drama that doesn't need to happen. <laughs> you're, the, let's you're the queen of that.
0: yeah, I, uh, I guess I am, man. <laughs> I, I guess I totally screwed that part up. All right, well, oh, yeah. nice. let's get to the post game, post game, post game part of it, where we talk about what's coming up. Um, Wait, what's coming up you know, what's coming up? we have the watch party coming up on March 23rd Ducks vs. Kings which will be fun at Craftsman uh, Woodfire Pizza and Brewery over off of La Palma and Imperial Highway here in Anaheim which should be a good time um, yes. it's Eddie's flying in from Candadia so that's always <gasps> a good time too and we'll far, all be there land. going to have some prizes to give away for sure and it's our last one of the year so please come by say hi and uh, enjoy the fun they have great food uh, their burgers are really good and they have craft beer for all of you beer snobs like me and then they also yeah. have Coors Light for all of you uh, yes! people who love to drink I don't know in quantity over quality like Jason just to put it in a yep. polite way and mm-hmm. uh, so, so people like Jimmy can go and have a good time and then people like you can go there and have, still have fun too and as, us long as, as long
2: as we sit separate sections I'm not drinking with beer snobs oh yeah Jimmy Jimmy gets high and mighty on his <laughs> stuff for sure I'm just kidding I rubbed elbows with him today so he's accepting you more
0: and more uh, yeah,
2: just a little
0: bit. <laughs> give a shout out to Gordon Bombay who joined our Patreon too as well he joined in last Yay! night I know we gave a shout out to to Shane Austin and uh, to Jacob Muller the other night too for also joining uh, our crew there for Patreon putting out some uh, some bonus shows here this weekend definitely going to do one at least, probably looking like a top 10, but we'll get to that this weekend. And the next Ducks game coming up will be Friday against Montreal. Against
2: Montreal, yeah. I think
0: you and Ed got that show. And then there's a Ducks-Kings <laughs> game on this Sunday. Um, it feels like this, these guys have barely played each other this year. So
1: Yeah,
2: it's pretty true. I think, I think they played earlier on in the season, and then they've each found... New and interesting ways to fail at hockey.
0: So. Yes, they love failing this season. So. <laughs> so
2: watch them fail together.
0: Hopefully that's a goodie. So Montreal Friday, Ducks, Kings on Sunday. We're definitely doing a show for both. But uh, we'll keep you guys updated on on who's on those shows. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Hopefully... Um, cool Hockey. Cool oh, hockey. going to give a shout-out to CoolHockey.com. Yes, they sponsor the uh, Forever Mighty 3-Star Leaderboard that Eddie so... Tediously puts together after everyone answers their questions, goes through Twitter, stacks up the standings there, and at the end of it, you get a free jersey if you win the month. Some say that's the
2: only thing Ed's good at. Oh, adding? Yeah. Adding points, it's Like about small it. small numbers. I small, mean, he's like yeah, going double so digits. He could, yeah, it, he, he can only really count on his fingers form. still. Yeah, he's a uh, finger yeah. counter. So. Some people say that. I don't. I think he's good at a lot of other things. Of course.
0: You're, you're just the most, the most positive person <laughs> ever. But CoolHockey.com, they're the ones who supply the jersey to us for the winner of that every single month. And in the meantime, if you need to grab a jersey, head over to CoolHockey.com and use the promo code FM20FM20 FM20, to get 20% off your jersey purchase. And get yourself some nice threads, man, that you can get anything, too. You can get them all customized. They're legit. They don't like the jerseys you get from China. They're not going to be falling apart on you or miscolored. I know I've gotten a Ducks jersey that was like, uh, had blue in it rather than eggplant. So that was very oh interesting goodness. when I got that jersey. I still have it. I should wear it to a game one day. It's great. But uh, yeah, thank you to cool for the sponsorship there. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great night.
1: Bye, guys.